Chapter 26 of The Inner Shrine by Basil King. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Simon Evers. Chapter 26. Oh, stay where you are. I'll go. Derek spoke with the terse command of subdued excitement, almost pushing Diane back. She, too, attempted to go to Marion's assistance. She sank obediently into one of the great chairs, too dazed even for curiosity as to what was passing in the hall. Derek closed the door behind him, and though confused sounds of voices and shuffling feet reached her, she gave them but a dulled attention. It was not till he came back that her stunned intelligence revived sufficiently to enable her to think. He closed the door again, throwing himself weary into another of the little leathern chairs. They've taken her into Lucilla's room. She'll be all right now. It was better that it should end like that. I'm not so sure. I'm afraid for him. Oh, he'll survive it. You don't know our Frenchmen. They're not like you, nor any of you men. With their sensitiveness to honour and their indifference to moral right, it, it's difficult for you to understand them. I shouldn't be surprised at anything he might do. I'll go and see him tomorrow and try to knock a little reason into him. If it isn't too late. Oh, I dare say it will be. Everything seems to be too late. It's better that something should come too late rather than not at all. What things do you mean? I suppose I mean the same things as you do. He gave a long sigh. There was something of a groan slipping down in his chair into an attitude not of informality, but of dejection. For a moment, neither was equal to facing the great subjects that must be met. I wonder what Pimville will do to himself, he asked suddenly, changing his position with nervous brusqueness, leaning forward now with his elbows on his knees. I wish you'd go and see him tonight. Well, perhaps I will. I've a good deal of fellow feeling with him. I can't help thinking that he and I are in much the same box, and that he has shown me the way out. Eric! She sprang up with a cry of alarm, standing with hands crossed on her breast in a sudden access of terror. Oh, don't be afraid, he laughed, grimly staring up at her. I'm not his sort. There are no heroics about me. None of my stamp don't make theatrical exits where too confoundedly sane. Whether we do well or whether we do ill, we plod along on our treadmill round from the house to the office and from the office to the grave, as if we've never had anything on the conscience. But if I had the spirit of Bienville, do you know what I should do? No, 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 she burst out. Don't say it. Don't say it. And I won't. But if Bienville thought of it, why shouldn't I? What has he done that is worse than what I've done? What has he done that's as bad? For after all, you were little or nothing to him, when you were everything to me. I knew you, as he didn't know you. I'd lived in one house with you, watched you, studied you, tried you, put you to tests that you never knew anything about, and had seen you come through them successfully. I'd seen how you bore misfortune. I'd seen how you carried yourself in difficult situations. I'd seen the skill with which you ruled my house, and the wisdom with which you were more than a mother to my child. I'd seen you combined with all that is most womanly, the patience and fortitude of a man. It wasn't enough for me. It wasn't enough for me. He threw himself back into his seat with a desperate flinging out of the hands, letting his arms drop heavily over the sides of his chair, and his fingers touched the floor. My God! My God! He groaned ironically. It wasn't enough for me. I doubted her. 
I doubted her on the first idle word that came my way. I did more than doubt her. I hated her into my court and tried her and condemned her and, as nearly as might be, put her to death. I, with my ten hundred thousand sins, all of them as black as Erebus, are not pure enough for me. What to make one die of laughter. I am, he went on, in another tone, a tone of ghastly popularity. Did it amuse you, knowing yourself to be what you are? Knowing what you had done for Mrs. Evelyn, knowing the thing Bienville has just said of you? Did it amuse you to see me sitting in judgment on you? It doesn't amuse me to see you sitting in judgment on yourself. Doesn't it? I don't think it would. It seems to me that if I saw a man who had done me so much harm, visited with such awful justice as I am getting now, it would make up to me for nearly everything I ever had to suffer. In my case, it only adds to it. I wish you wouldn't say these things. If you ever did me wrong, I always knew it was a mistake. Oh, Lord! Oh, Lord! He laughed outright, getting up from his chair and dragging himself heavily across the room. Where, with his hands in his pockets and his back against the bookshelves, he stood facing her. What do you think of Bienville's attitude towards Marian Grimston? he asked, with an inflection which would have sounded casual if it had not been for all that lay behind. I can understand it, but I think he was wrong. You think he ought to allow her to marry him? Weighing one thing with another? Yes. You marry a man who had shown himself such a pound? It would depend. On what? Oh, on a good many things. Such as? He hesitated a minute before deciding whether or not to walk into his trap. But as his eyes were on the ground and she felt stronger than a minute or two ago, he decided to do it. It would depend, for one thing, on whether or not I had loved him. And if you did love him? Again she hesitated, before making up her mind to speak. It would depend on whether or not he loved me. She had given him his chance. The word he had never uttered must now come now or never. For an instant he seemed about to seize his opportunity, but when he actually spoke it was only to say, Would you marry me? No. He gave her answer firmly. No. No. Why? She shrugged her shoulders and threw out her hand, and said nothing in words. Is it because I haven't expressed regret for all the things I have to regret? She shook her head. Because if it is, he went on, I haven't done it only for the reason that the utmost expression would be so inadequate as to become a mockery. A man has sinned against light, as I've done. No mere cries of contrition are going to win him pardon. That must come as a spontaneous act of grace it wells out of the heart of the Most High, or it can't come at all. That isn't the reason. Then there's another one. Yes, another one. One that's insurmountable? Yes, as things are, it's insurmountable. A look of dumb, unresenting sadness. He turned away, and, leaning on the mantelpiece, stood with his back towards her, and his face buried in his hands. And it went by in silence. When he spoke, it was over his shoulder, as it were, parenthetically. But I am, 
love you. He stood as he was, listening, but as if without much expectation, for a response. When none came, and he turned round inquiringly, he beheld in her that radiant change which was visible to those who saw the martyred Stephen's face as he gazed straight into heaven. For a long minute he stood spellbound and amazed. Was it that? he asked in a whisper. She gave him no reply. It was that, he declared in the tone of a man making a discovery. It was that. Why did you tell me so before? He found strength to say. Tell you, Diane? What was the use of telling you when you knew? My life has been open for you to look into as you would. Yes, but not to go into. There's only one key that unlocks the inner shrine of all. The word you've just spoken. A woman knows nothing till she hears it. He looked at her with the puzzled air of a man getting strange information. Well, he said after a long pause, you've heard it. So what? Now? Now? I'm going to say that I love you. Well, I know that already, he returned. A man doesn't need to be told what he can see. That isn't what I'm asking. What I want to learn is not what you feel, but what you'll do. She smiled faintly. I'm asking what you'll do, he repeated. If you insist on my telling you that, she said, glancing up at him shyly, I'll say that since the inner shrine is unlocked at last, I'll go in. Then come. Come. He stood with arms open, his tone of petition still blended with the suggestion of command, as she crossed the room toward him. End of chapter 26 End of the Inner Shrine by Basil King